Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session, the weekly jazz interview show. I'm Jason Crane. This show, like all the recent shows, is coming to you as a result of the 2007 Rochester International Jazz Festival. Today was the final day of the festival, and I wasn't actually sure if I was even going to do any interviews today. I didn't really have anything set up, and I wasn't even sure what shows I was going to see. But uh, I saw that DAP Theory with Andy Milne was on the bill, so I went to that show, and we've got a jazz session first. Two guests on the same show. Uh, They were interviewed independently, but they're from the same band, DAP Theory. So we're going to hear from Andy Milne, who put the band together, and then from John Moon, who does the spoken word. I actually interviewed them in the other order, uh, so there might be a reference in the Andy Milne interview to a thing you haven't heard yet. I can't remember. But in any case, I think you'll get the general idea. We'll hear some live performance examples from DAP Theory, and you'll also hear from their last album, which actually has a fairly different personnel. Uh, Well, (laughs) let's call it like it is, a completely different personnel, (laughs) except for Andy Milne. But the idea is the same. So here they are. This is a bit of what DAP Theory sounded like tonight at the club High Fidelity in the Rochester International Jazz Festival. talking about some of the great music that's going to happen tonight and i'm here with andy milne um <laughs> i don't mean to shut down the guy's creative flow here but andy welcome to the show thank you very much nice to be here tell folks a little bit about uh what they're going to hear when they when they check out dap theory it's a pretty fantastic band well thank you it's it's all new music actually i've been writing a lot of new music um and this is a relatively new group in terms of the configuration so we're kind of loosening up in ways that have really been exciting for me actually just because the last few gigs we've been doing have started to discover a lot of new possibilities for the band so it's like I still focus on melody and groove in terms of the writing but there's just more sectional things that happen um, where it becomes a little bit more through composed at times and then I guess the way the band interprets some of the music is becoming a lot more open and, and, and stylistically harder maybe even harder to pin down Does the idea of it being through composed apply to the words as well? Um, not so much. It's it's not even. I wouldn't call it so much through composed. It's just there's more there's sort of more compositional elements to work with, and therefore, if you kind of move from one section to another, or you might switch the order around, or you just treat different sections in different ways, it's sort of improvised through composed in the sense of how it comes across in any given performance. But the, with as far as the the vocal content, it's not um, the same material every time. It's sort of like you know I might have 
my lexicon of <laughs> harmonic and melodic material, or Lauren might have his melodic material that he's working with in improvisation, and John also has his you know word material that's conceptually kind of related to a song. But each night, the way it kind of gets presented is still improvised um, based upon what's happening. kind of musical cues that when the band hears them they know okay we're moving to this next section um in certain songs it depends and some songs are very specific like oh we know we're going to go to this section after this number of times repeating this section other times it's a visual cue or a or musical cue or or just a, you know a, you sense it and when you play with each other after a while you really get to know he's done <laughs> Why did you uh, put the original band together in the first place, and what uh, what's caused it to kind of evolve into this new this new direction or looser direction? Um, well, I mean, I guess my desire to put the group together all the way back from yeah. Well, that's me too. Everybody out there, I'm having a portobello wrap here. <laughs> Thanks. Um, um, I guess the original idea to put it together stemmed from trying to can I hold on to certain musical goals that I had as far as having a looseness that really to me is inspired by some of those classic Miles quintets but at the same time being able to create music that's got different rhythmic elements that I've been exposed to and texturally being able to make it almost as symphonic as you can with a four or five piece group and then my interest in wanting to have someone like John and, and, and sort of bringing spoken word into the group comes from wanting to be able to just speak about different things that are happening in the world that maybe musically I wouldn't directly be able to relate oh this is I want to talk about politics in this song I can't really this is harder with notes you can do it I guess but it's it's much more direct into the soul I think and so that was kind of my original conception of putting the group together that way the way it's just evolved is just over time different people come and go through the band and I, that just helps me refine my sort of vision for how I see it being able to be constructed musically and so trying to find those right elements and people and personalities that, and, and, and contributions that each person can give to the group it just it, it, over time you sort of start to tweak it you know and you go oh put that there that all of a sudden changes that dynamic and then you've got this really great powerhouse over here so it's 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 just a process of, of learning about what how to improve your concepts you know and, and then find the right cats it's sometimes luck and sometimes it's sort of trial and error
there was certainly a time, you know, think about people like Max Roach and Abby Lincoln and even Gil Scott Heron when kind of jazz and its related musics were making a lot of social and political commentary. It seemed like that went away for a while. Is it coming back or did it never go away and it was just harder to find for people like me? In jazz? I think it was just like the times. Because the times, you know... <laughs> You go. It's, I think it's reflective of uh, the, the sort of the social political climate at the time. Um, we kind of had a period there where maybe people were pretty complacent, <laughs> and so it just maybe reflects a musical. Reflects. <laughs> Sorry, I'm eating, folks. That's <laughs> all right, man. It, it just. I think it just gets reflected in a musical attitude in terms of what people's uh, desires to and. You know, sort of artistic aspirations, and what do they, how do they want to correlate their story and their, and their passions. And I think we we may be moving to back. We've, we're forced to move back into a time like that based upon the climate that we're in. Well, listen, man. I know you're uh, you're going to play, and you got a portobello wrap to eat. So uh, <laughs> thank you very much for taking the time. Really looking forward to the show. Thank you, my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Backstage at High Fidelity here on the final day of the Rochester International Jazz Festival, and I'm sitting here with John Moon, who provides the vocals and the words for uh, Andy Milne's DAP Theory Band. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Uh, talk a little bit about how you and Andy first got together. Uh, Andy and I first got together kind of really randomly. Uh, the original uh, MC slash vocalist for DAP Theory, Kokai, uh, knows me and I know him from DC uh, we go way back as far as MCs in that particular scene and uh, we saw each other randomly at a festival and he asked me if I wanted to come and actually try out and you know Kokai uh, wanted to leave the band he asked if I wanted to try out and uh, it just worked out it was a nice fit um, I love Andy's music and uh, we've been doing it for about five years since then yeah can you talk about where the how much of what you're doing is improvised? How much are you able to react to what happens on stage through the words and the uh, the performance? For the most part, they're they're themes, um, just like any jazz musician would have a melodic theme, harmonic theme, rhythmic theme. So I have a theme as far as topical, and from there it's all improvised. Um, of course, there's certain catchphrases or things that I may use time after time for different songs and uh, use those to propel me, use those as a vehicle to uh, get the idea across. But then also, 
I'm constantly reacting. Um, with my what I do being so uh, rhythmic and rhythmic based, um, I'm always reacting to the drums and the bass. So you know, if Kenny's playing a certain way, I'm going to react to that. And if um, there's a certain tone to what Chris is doing, the bass player, then I'm going to react to that. And it all kind of merges together. And then Andy will throw in some harmonic elements, which might change the tonality of my voice, may change the tempo of my voice, which eventually will change the direction of what I'm saying. Even if it's on a certain topical matter, it'll change. So it tends to be uh, every single night it's something a little different, even though um, what we recorded... uh, Obviously, it was written and kind of improvised somewhat, but written for the most part. So, Y2K, met out of road. sounds like listening for you is a huge part of what you're doing up there since you not only have to hear what's going on but then invent actual narrative to go with it yeah um (laughs) so there's a lot of inventing going on which uh has its pros and has its cons it depends on where i'm at mentally that day what i ate you know it could be it could be anything but then that's also the pro of it you know sometimes i'll take elements of things i read that day billboard signs anything and it all kind of subconsciously uh, leaks into what I'm saying, you know, but for the most part, um, the beauty of it is uh, the reaction, the reaction to what's going on, and it allows it to be more elastic that way, so if Andy decides to change the tempo of a song, I can react to that as opposed to being um, uh, stuck within the, 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 the original format. It, allow, it allows me the full range of expression. Can you talk a little bit about how you how you came up? What uh, what is your background that kind of led you to be primed to take this gig when it came your way? Um, well, I used to be a gardener, and th- no, just fine. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Wow, uh, in D.C. there uh, was a small but amazing workshop called the Freestyle Union. Uh, that's where the original vocalist Kokai came from. That's where I came from. Plus a, a bevy of other MCs. We all came from that background and what the freestyle union was was uh like a jam session almost a a place where mcs would totally focus on freestyle totally focus on word improvisation and from that point um you know i developed a a love for you know spontaneous wordplay but then from that point i realized that uh i didn't fulfill feel fully fulfilled in what i was doing so I was like, wow, maybe I could sound like, a, you know, Tony Williams drums. Or what if, what if, you know, I sounded like a bass? Or what if I sounded like a horn? And then that really kind of opened me up to uh, 
just really exploring and they really I got kind of pre-primed um, to do the music because I had already been thinking about oh what have I rhymed in a different time signature or you know putting you know like Miles Davis said using that space to accentuate the the substance of, of the sound so I kind of got pre-primed so I was ready when they found me so it sounds like you already had a, a jazz background as well you already I mean since you were thinking about what if I sounded like a horn what if I sounded like Tony Williams you, your mind was already in a in a jazz place in addition to the freestyle that you were doing. Uh, yeah, and then also having a visual artist background, um, I was already kind of thinking in a different way, like using the the I guess the intrinsic ideas of of visual art, you know, um, the rhythm of, of of symbols and how they're how they relate on a page. I was thinking. Well, that could transfer over to vocals, you know. So that got me ready. Um, you know, of course, hip hop having a background and so many other kinds of musics leaking into it, of course, led me to find out, you know, where all that music originally came from. So uh, I, w- I had a background, but then I kind of, ever since being in this band, I've been being introduced to a lot more. So, you know. Well, John, it's been a pleasure to talk to you and uh, looking forward to the gig, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for, uh, you know, taking down my words and making them history. <laughs> my pleasure. Moving up. This Justin, you were looking at Good Lord. So today we had an
That's Dap Theory. That music taken from their 2003 album, Y'all Just Don't Know. Until next time, you've been listening to The Jazz Session, the weekly jazz interview show. I'm Jason Crane. Please visit the show's website at thejazzsession.com, where you'll find interviews, live jazz news, and links to other jazz sites. You'll also find links to subscribe to the show. Please subscribe to the show. Thank you very much. And if possible, do it via iTunes. Once you do that, which is free, by the way, you'll just always know. You'll be assured you'll be safe in the knowledge that the Jazz Session will be there in its most recent episode whenever you need it. The site also features a link to the Jazz Session Cause of the Month. This month, it's the Music Makers Relief Foundation. Please go there and give them money. Thanks. I write interviews and reviews for AllAboutJazz.com, the world's leading jazz website, and I hope you'll go there and check out my stuff and contributions by many, many other fine writers. You can contact the Jazz Session by going to the contact page at thejazzsession.com. You can also send me an email to jason at thejazzsession.com or call 585-473-5304. We've got a mailing list, and I hope you'll join it. It's available also at thejazzsession.com. You'll just get the periodic update about who's on the show and some other jazz news, but you'll never get any spam. And I won't sell your address to anyone, not least of which because I don't even know how to do that. The theme music for this show is by the Respect Sextet online at respectsextet.com. Thanks also to Dave Rabel, who designed the Jazz Sessions logo. Thanks very much for listening all during this Rochester International Jazz Festival week. Remember, the jazz session goes on even when the jazz festival doesn't, so tune in again next time for more conversations about jazz on the jazz session. Thank you for listening. Bye.